Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about letters, spray paint, and a whole lot of depression. Because I left this episode feeling real bad about everything, and um, I'm, I'm sad now, Abby. It sucked. I mean, this this is a good episode, but feelings-wise, it sucked. Yeah, I don't know about you, but this definitely uh, struck a nerve. I don't know if you've been able to tell this entire time I've been talking about my dislike of the whole cheating David storyline, but every time something happens, I just start like blacking out and freaking out. Like I'm not not a fan of the storyline because I'm just, I don't like David at all. Like Charming's great. I think he's fine. Uh, David, on the other hand, is a trash person and we need to throw the whole man away. (laughs) Yeah, we are talking about season one, episode 13, what happened to Frederick? And to be honest, the answer is we don't really care. It's barely a storyline in this episode. The real storyline is about how shitty a person David is and how he screws up everything and everyone in his life. Oh, my God. It's so bad. Like, it's just... And, and and no one is enough mad at him. I think that might be the part that makes me the maddest. No one is the appropriate level of mad. Snow gets close. But Snow, Snow isn't the one that's supposed to be the biggest mad. Uh, and just... I, no, I don't... I don't like any of this. It's all gross. Yeah, there's. we're going to have to talk about... Um, what this uh, episode indicates about um, who is responsible, who takes the blame and who, and what the blame says about the situation, because uh, one person gets a hell of a lot more of it than the other. Arguably the one who doesn't deserve it as much, although they're both responsible for their actions. Again, there is an ethic and then there's a moral thing and then it's just, you can't, anyway, we will get into it. We will get into it. We should (laughs) dive in in the past first because the past story is very quick um, and makes me remember that I liked Abigail at a certain point because it was just like, I remember liking her for some reason. And then I'm like, oh yeah, it's because she's not actually... A super bitch. So, can I say something really random, really quick? 
Yes. Um, so one thing I do for work it, it, every year around Halloween, I publish for io9 like a selection of like the worst Halloween costumes of the year. Uh, although they're called sexy Halloween costumes, but you know, that's sexy you know, with dress- giant air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, dress however you want. Like that's, it's not about that. It's that the costumes are terrible. And so since I've been searching them for, for this year's article, uh, uh, it's showing up as a targeted ad in some notes that I have <laughs> and, uh, and a lot of them are Disney related. Fantastic. So I'm seeing a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, Jasmine, <laughs> a lot of like mostly naked Jasmine is on my timeline right now and it's distracting. <laughs> I don't care for it. I can't do anything about it. Anyway, Abby, I just want cover. <laughs> I just wanted to, to to bring you into my weird world right now. So just so everyone knows, the entire time we're reading this, Beth is staring at some sort of uh, just half randomly we'll as half naked. Um, I don't know. We were going to lead with this, and we got completely out of sorts because um, we don't want to bury it like we buried it in last week's episode. Yeah, uh, but. Once upon a time, we'll be leaving Netflix, as I'm sure if you've been watching it, it has been warning you. It's mm-hmm. been giving you a timeline. I forget, what is it, September 8th? Something like yes, that? Yes, a 6th or 8th. I think a 6th. Six, Somewhere around there. Early yeah. September is going to go away, but it does have a home, and it was announced today. Disney Plus. Right. On September 18th, it will be, so it's going to have a little bit of a pause. The gap. Uh, we will, Abby and I will be figuring out how we'll be handling the interim. My guess is that we're just simply going to watch ahead and then just do the recaps on memory. So there might be one or two episodes where things are a little bit, uh, murky, but you know, my memory is super solid all the time. It's fantastic. Oh, 100%. Yeah. We're not even going to (laughs) take notes. So I'm just going to be able to remember this shot for shot, like Sean Spencer in psych. It's fine. And I know not everybody has Disney Plus, and I, I'm sorry about that, um, but we will all get through this together. <laughs> yeah, they didn't and, call us and ask us about this. Yeah, we apologize. Sorry. They didn't even consult us before. I know. It's kind of rude. Frankly, it's the rudest thing that's ever happened to me. So <laughs> I'm fine. All right, well, let's go back to Princess Abigail and King George, the, the terrible mm. person um, in the past. Uh, because so, 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 something's going down. We're yelling timber. Yeah. So yeah, we 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 get to like Abigail. She's stepping out of her carriage. She's like, oh, is is something crazy happening? And the king is just like, no, it's fine. fine. We're just making sure everything is completely fine and normal. Nothing random or terrible is happening. You just your little hood. Anyway, I gotta go over here. And he walks over, and it's just like, capture him, bring him back. I will kill him myself because David, or I'm sorry, Prince Charming, has made a run for it. He is, he is Julia Roberts. He is making a run for it. He is a runaway bride. Yeah, he's ready, 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 ready to run. He's he pulling, uh, he's pulling uh, the chicks, as, yep. as they are called now. Uh, I do find it funny that he just like walks like three feet and isn't super quiet. You'd think uh, Princess Abigail would have been able to hear him. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, like hey, I'm going to go it? over here. I'm going to go over here and stage whisper. Don't let her know that her betrothed is leaving because he can't stand the sight of her. You look great, girl. Oh, my God. He hates her so much. Um, so They cut to, to, to Charming. Just I love, by the way, early Charming always has the most insane cape with him. Uh, I counted how many cape flourishes he does oh my god he does at least four and it does not include the scarf 
Okay. The scarf he, gets flourishes too. He literally flourishes it to put it down in this episode at the yes. lake. Like, oh, I'm oh. Put it, down. it may be the last thing I do, so I will do it with style. Oh my God, I love this cape so much. So he is running and he is stopped. He's like, oh no, the king has caught me. Oh, oh, oh not so fast. It is your bride to be. She's just like, listen, I'm not an idiot. I get it. You don't love me. Good news. I don't love you either. Let's just get you out of here so at least one of us can be happy. Please, because this all sucks. Um, which I think is funny because she does this and you're just like, wow, this is so great. But then at the end of it, she's like, listen, he's going to kill you. Like, it's just, he's going to murder you in your sleep. Like, you need to run. Like, we didn't think this plan all the way through when we started uh, the runaway plan. <coughs> so... Yeah, they, she takes him, she's just like, listen, <coughs> she's just like, listen, you know what, I, I was in love once, you know, just once, it's fine, uh, his name was Frederick, he's great, he died in service, excellent. So that's also, what happened to him. Yeah, also, <laughs> we're at a gazebo, yeah, this is what happened to Frederick, he died in service. The end, episode over, <laughs> show's done. Uh, they get to a gazebo that has a, a, a golden knight in it. It's charming. Charming. Wow. The detail in this is fantastic, which is the compliment you give when you don't know what else to do. Wow. The detail in this is striking. Very shiny. Like the plaque. Nice placard. Um, anyway, <laughs> this, is, this isn't weird. Why did you bring me here? And she's like, oh, no. No, that's him. He, he made full on contact with my father and he turned into a gold person. So he stands here. Here he is, love of my life, just sitting. Like, do you think he's conscious in there? Oh no, I hope not. That 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 all I hear is screaming. Like if that if he were conscious, it would just be a whole lot of screaming because eventually you'd just go insane. Yeah, yeah. I, I let's 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 um brush over that. Yes. Let's let's pretend yes. that no, he goes into a nice blissful sleep the yes. whole time. Listen, nothing about this is going to be happy and pleasant because I also realized that there's a reason that there's like a gazebo over top of him is because she didn't want it to rain on him and erode him. It keeps him from being destroyed. Oh my god! Um, and then he's just like, "Well, Jesus, haven't you tried true love's kiss?" And she's like, "Until my lips bled." And you're like, "Oh my god, my heart, please, just why?" And she's like, but listen, I know a fairy, like a, a story about a lake you can go to, but everyone's gone there who's died, so we can't do that. And of course, uh, Charming, who's always ready to like rush a frat, is just like, I'm in. <laughs> Give me a Miller Lite and let's go. This is definitely not like the shepherd that we knew before. It, no. it, it seems like the one encounter with the dragon just had this profound impact on him where he's like, he has this like this um, danger lust now. He's like, I survived a dragon, beheaded it. I can do fucking anything. I also, yeah, I think it's somewhere between that snow breaking up with him and his like whole family being threatened and being like, we need to cut this part out of your life. He has zero shits to give at, at anymore mm. at all. He's just like, Hey, cause he even says it at one point. Cause she's just like, no, no, listen, what if you die? He's like, listen, best case scenario in either way, I die, you don't have to marry my dumbass, or 
I live and win and you get to marry him. You win either way. And if I die, it'll just come put me out of my misery, which just means Charming needs to be holed up in front of a TV with a big tub of double chocolate crunch and like a whole bunch of like smearing off ice and just like screaming at the television watching like Legally Blonde or something. Like he is in the throes of a bad breakup. Yeah, this is this is probably not the best way to heal, but I mean it works. So you go, girl. Listen, sometimes healing is destructive. I guess sure. Yeah. Uh, so they go and uh, oh, and can I just say, Princess Abigail's outfit throughout this episode is top notch. Oh my god, she's got such a like. She's like, I'm a fairy tale, but also I'm Jackie Onassis, like. Yeah, she Love has the like hat. the the hats, her her perfectly tailored um coat with the brocade and and the buttons and then it opens up and she's wearing pants underneath cuz this girl's on the move. She's got spies in all in King George's kingdom. She's got her eyes and ears and everything and she's not playing games. I do love this because it's such a good juxtaposition to Snow because Snow is just like in, in this iteration of Snow, she's just wild. She's part of the forest. She just, like, she lives in a cottage. Like, she's cottage core. She's doing the whole thing. And then there's just, like, <laughs> Abigail, who's just like, yeah, we're going on an adventure, but I'm not changing my shoes, and it's fine. I brought my most sensible ones. It's fine. Like, she at no point complains about where they are. She doesn't, like, when we first meet her, she's complaining about the road being bumpy. Doesn't give a shit anymore. She's just like, fine, we're walking through the mud. It doesn't matter. I have this outfit in 14 different colors. This one isn't even really my favorite. Um, one of my, fa- one of my favorite parts of this episode is when they get to the shrine. It's like, what's, what's this shrine for? Oh, you're supposed to leave like an offering to the, to the weird demon thing. Um, so that it doesn't kill you. And Charming looks at me and goes, okay, not like it did these guys any good. And she's like, but you need to leave one. So he just like tosses, I don't remember even what he tosses, but he basically destroys the thing. He's just like, I guess. Well, no, see, he picked up one of the other guy's helmets that was left there and then he tosses it back he doesn't leave anything well i think he was like, probably he just take returns it. like he, well, just he was returns probably just gonna helmet. steal it he was just like i'm gonna take this this is mine now you gotta leave an offering well this is mine so i'll give it back i guess <laughs> and loophole yeah <laughs> it's a, a re-gifter yeah so he goes to the lake um and the lake turns out to be he calls it a siren i'm not 100 percent sure that that's actually what it was uh, but it's it's a beautiful lady, all in rhinestones, and she's like, "Hey, big boy, let's be in love forever." And he's like, "No, I know what love is. Did no, no, thank you." So she changes her face, and she turns into snow. Again, Jennifer Goodwin looking like a fox. This oh, this good God, so hot, her. amazing. Yeah. And she's just like, come on, David. It, it had a very it factor to it. We all float down here. Come with me, David. Or Charming. Let's go, Charming. Yay. And he's just like, he he starts getting kind of tricked by it because he's hurt. He is a broken man. Uh, he misses he misses his lady, mm-hmm. um, which is strange because they've only really interacted a little bit at this point. He's just, it's a magnetism. And so they start making out. And he's like, no, I felt the spark the one time. This isn't it. This is, I, I you know, you look like her, but you aren't actually her. And she's like, well, you're the first one. Well, and he's just like, good, I won. She's like, not actually. Drown your ass. <laughs> like, he thought he won just because he's like, please don't kiss on me anymore. And she's like, okay. <laughs> Drown. And 
this is the part where I thought it was anticlimactic. He saw a knife, so then he stabbed her. The end. Like, none yeah, of the other guys what, thought of this. <laughs> in what looked like a glorified, like, fish tank. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, like, they were in, like, a tiny-ass fish tank because they had the little pebbles on the ground, and they had the couple of, couple things of kelp that were floating really awkwardly, and... Uh, it was kind of creepy seeing all the uh, skeletons at the bottom, you know, but, yeah. but yeah, like he, the way he tricks her to be like, hey, I'm dead. And she comes up to be like, sweet, he's dead. And, he, and then he goes, step, 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 step. Yeah. I think a legendary creature of a lake that kills everyone she meets and demands an offering uh, before you come is going to be easily, more easily tricked than what only looks like a three inch blade. I really don't think that'd kill her. She was also wearing rhinestones completely. I bet her skin is made of gems. Anyway, he wins. He gets the whatever and the goes water, back. Yeah. He goes back. And I do love, because I, I thought, of, I, I had a, a, a terrible joke pop through my head because she immediately starts pouring it on top of Frederick's helmed head. And I just kept laughing. I'm like, no one told her what to do with this. Like, and then I just thought, how are you supposed to take this? And I was like, it's water suppository. You know, it's not supposed to go on his head. Yeah. I, my head, my head. This is, was, I need to get out more. Like, I've been watching too much stupid TV. Anyway, not this, in fact. Not this isn't my stupid TV. So Frederick is alive. And my favorite part about this is that Frederick acts like not a minute has passed because he's like, thank you for changing me back. And and Charming says, I need a horse and I need a getaway and I need a whatever. And he's like, done. It's like, you have been, you have nothing. (laughs) And he's like, I need your horse. And he says, sure. And I'm like, he doesn't have a horse. You didn't bring one. You've been in this forest for months, like years, maybe. Who knows? I don't know how time works. But I just love, he's like, yeah, done, totally. Anyone else really hungry for tacos? Because uh, he's got to be starving. And so he makes a run for it. And Abigail's just like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, you, uh, King George, he's going to hunt you until you die. And he's going to put your head in a spike. Run fast! <laughs> okay, I guess. And then we see a repeat of him going up to Red to look for her and the whole I will always find her thing yep. that they do. Uh, but in this, we see the continuation of the scene where <laughs> King George and his men, who have the silliest outfits in the yes. world, the the poor King George himself, like, this is an accomplished actor. Don't put him in the chainmail hat. Just don't do it. We're putting uh, this on they- you. Never. No, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, and I forgot to mention, like, back at the beginning of the episode where King George is like, find him. Obviously, that means find him so he can marry Princess Abigail. They're just shooting crossbows at him. Like, don't kill him. You need yeah, him alive, yeah. right? Now, now, they now don't it's care. time to kill, kill him. It's just like, yeah, well, yeah. he ran. I guess we can still unify the kingdom if if he's dead. I don't know. We'll prop him up weak him into Bernie style. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, so he, uh, he grabs Red and they make a break for it. Yay! Uh, and now we're going to move back to Storybrooke for the... Um, the 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 less happy ending. That, <laughs> what happened to Frederick? Well, he got the good end of the deal. Wow. <laughs> Everyone else, not so much. So we start with uh, David and Catherine. They are having a quiet, somber dinner. Uh, David awkwardly is like, you know, you did some great job on the chicken, honey. And so, as Catherine is wanted to, she just puts her shit down. And goes, we need to talk. 
You're just like, these potatoes are, are terrible and you're just lying to me now at this point. So we're going to talk about my law degree. So, Yeah, so she reveals that she got accepted into a law school in Boston. And this, for me, raised she's another red flag. Is <laughs> she going to Harvard? Why isn't she going to Storybrooke U? Come on, y'all. I don't know, but now I'm remembering why I brought up Legally Blonde. You got into Harvard? <laughs> what, like it's hard? <laughs> Anyone in Storybrooke can go to any school they want to if they believe. Well, uh, this kind of got me wondering about how the Postal Service worked. By the way, support the Ooh, U.S. Postal topical, Service. Topical. Topical, yeah. Beth. Proud of you. Uh, <laughs> uh, about how the Post Office Service works if nobody comes in or out. And then when I was thinking about that, because I was like, oh, it's another plot hole, I had a realization, Abby. Yes. That explain so I feel like it explains the flowers. I feel like it explains the letter. I feel like it explains a lot of stuff. None of this was happening before Emma got there because they were frozen. So, no, they weren't doing Valentine's Day flowers before Emma got there. They yeah. weren't they weren't getting the mail before Emma got there. They weren't applying to law school before Emma got there. None of this was happening because as we see in a much later episode, it's fr- they're frozen in place. The children don't age. They live the same day over and over again. It's Groundhog Day. Henry's the only variable. Um, so that's kind of what I think is going on. Is Interesting. Like, now that Emma's there and things are changing, the outside world is starting to creep in just as much as their dynamics are shifting because they're starting to kind of get memories of who they were. And that's all, all of that is just Regina does not care for. So anyway, that's my theory. I don't think it's ever confirmed or denied, but that's how yeah, I Yeah, because my theory was that Regina just made it up. Like, congratulations, you did it. Like, you, like she made, like, a typed up a thing, like, you know, from Har- from the desk of a Harvard Mr. Man. Uh, congratulations, Catherine, you've made it into law school, even though you are an uneducated, not a person who doesn't have a social security number. Um, because she, because Regina is at no point actually concerned that she'll leave. So that's why I, like, I assumed that like either Regina planted it or like it was like something that she had control over because Catherine's like, no, I'm still going to go like later. And Regina's just like, why? No, you can't actually leave. This was all a plot just to, to get David back. So I don't know. I think, I don't think they ever really explain it, but that's where my mind went. So interesting Mm -hmm. theories, interesting theories. Yeah. We're so very smart ladies. <laughs> well, Catherine wants a fresh start and David is doing his same, you know, dumbfoundedness where he doesn't quite know how to react. And he does the thing of calling Mary Margaret to go on a walk with him, even though I was sure they were on a break. Yeah, as then of they last break up week. in front of. Yeah, they broke up kind of in the. But I think it was the same thing of just like, be like, no, don't call me anymore. But then he called anyway. And she was like, oh, he called anyway. He must, he, he must still really like me. Um, but the way that she talks to him, it's like they're still together and they need to to tell Catherine about the relationship. So maybe yeah, it, was it was more. Yeah, it was just maybe it was just like a cool off or maybe the episodes were a bit out of order or something. Or it was just, yeah, it was just theater. Like when she got home, she just texted him. JK, I was, I was just kidding. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, this this uh, this whole conversation was really awkward. Um, not mm-hmm. not. I know that there was a plan, so they make a little plan, and, and I know you'll get into this. But like the whole time, I'm just like, Snow, this isn't a good plan either. Like his plan is terrible, but your plan is also not great. So, but yeah, 
Yeah, so she she says that they have to tell Catherine the whole truth about their relationship, which is yeah, like like you're saying, Abby, it's not a good plan. My bigger concern with it is, while I do feel like it is the honorable thing to do to tell Catherine the truth, Mary Margaret treats it like they mutually came to this decision. Yep. If you read David's body language this whole time, that is not the case. He, no. she's kind of. I'm not going to say pushing him into it, but she kind of is where she's like, this is what we have to do. This is the right thing to do to the point where he eventually goes, uh, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And, but that's the same shit that he pulls with Catherine because he has no spine. No. Yeah. He, he doesn't, he knows what he wants, but not with enough of a conviction, which is why I dislike David. I'm like, if you want to date snow, divorce your wife, date snow or marry Margaret. You don't have to keep playing this weird game. You're doing this because you're too much of a chicken shit. And mm-hmm. this is exactly what happens when you make chicken shit decisions. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, there there was no, we had a plan. No, you had a plan. He didn't come up with one. So I guess we just assumed by de facto that this was the plan. Yeah. And he, so he heads home uh, and Catherine is looking at apartments in Boston. Where I was like, oh, this is really, this is happening real fast. Yes. I mean, but again, you know, when you, when you decide to move somewhere, you you start by looking at apartments, even though even if like that's step five or seven in a long term plan, like because you get excited. You, you get I have so excited. many questions about how they plan on affording to live in Boston, but yeah, Boston's not exactly a cheap city, uh, especially if you're going to school and David works as a receptionist i don't even think he's a technician i don't think he's a veterinarian i think he just works the front desk what does Catherine do well i guess she can't do anything because she's in law school at this point but yeah there's no way they have they have any money interesting okay Mm -hmm. more holes (laughs) yeah well he tells her that he cannot go to boston with her and she does the the tv thing where she's like just tell me the truth are you keeping something from me? I, I'm, it, it, this is not, I'm not trying to be unfair to Catherine at all. She is the victim in all of this. But I feel like after everything that's happened, I feel like she should have more of an inclination. I mean, at this point. Oh, no, I, no, no, definitely. I was surprised that she didn't just, I'm surprised she didn't just jump to that conclusion all by herself. Yeah, and didn't she ask before if he was having an affair? I feel like yes. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe that was why that she, like, just didn't want to ask the same question again. It was just, it was kind of strange, but she did give Charming an opening to do the thing that he'd quasi-agreed to do with Mary Margaret, and that is to tell the truth, and he lies to her face. This is so bad. Which, so, so bad. Which... So there, there's a lot of arguments to be made. Obviously, there's no way to win this. There's no good way to break up with somebody and then immediately start dating somebody else because they're going to jump to those conclusions all by themselves. But also, um, and this is where I, I dislike Mary Margaret's plan is because Mary Margaret wants to tell because it's the honorable thing to do. What she actually wants to do is to um, uh, placate her own guilt. Mm-hmm. Is because if she confesses this, or someone confesses this, or Charming confesses it for her, uh, she she has it out in the open. She's not harboring a secret. It's not he- weighing heavy on her soul. 
that is a gift for herself. That is something that she wants. Um, and not something good for Catherine. You're now just unloading on this poor woman. Um, so I don't know. I'm obviously I'm not a big fan of lying, but at the same time, when you're just admitting things to make yourself feel better is also just morally questionable because you're unloading your baggage on some unsuspecting person and it's not fair to them. I think that's actually a really good point. I hadn't considered about Mary Margaret and what she's doing at no, like if she really wanted to do the honorable thing, the thing that you know, puts herself on the line, she should have told him either you tell her by the end of the day or I will. Because right now she doesn't want to face, she wants to um, alleviate her guilt without actually having to face the responsibility of it. She does right. not want to look Catherine in the eye and say, I've been having sex with your husband. Yeah. And she also like later when everyone starts kind of treating her poorly because they're upset about someone breaking up a marriage. Well, and she obviously she didn't break up this marriage, but she was a player in it. And people are going to project that anger that way as they typically do, which is also a problem. But she seems so shocked by it. That's the part where I don't know if it's her naivete or if she's just that just out of it. But it's just like, you were you were having an affair with a married man. People don't care for this. Obviously, they should be madder at David than they are at you. But they're still like, they should not be vandalizing your car. I'll put that out for it. But they also are allowed to have those opinions. You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. I, I think her her being shocked that she's being a bad she's a bad guy in all of this is the worst like the the bad characteristic of Snow in this whole thing like she is what but we told you the truth just accept it I don't understand what's so wrong with it oh god well I don't want to speak too much on that because that, that this happens later in the episode but I think that that is a moment of Mary Margaret crashing classic clashing sorry. Mary Margaret clashing, it's a mouthful to say, with Snow. Right. Because Snow would tell the truth. Snow would understand the consequences of her actions because she's been there. She's been through those consequences. Mary Margaret is the exact opposite and has never had to face a consequence for anything in her life because she's never done the wrong thing. Right. So this is her being like, not understanding her not understanding what her actions are doing. And this is also like, and not wanting to like being afraid to. And that's kind of what this whole point is anyway. So he charming <laughs> David tells Catherine, go be in Boston. Bye. I'll be fine here. I'm totally not going to just shack up with, with somebody the moment that you leave, you know, salutation. See you later. And then he's looking at photos of Catherine, which was weird to me. That was like a very large photo of just her face. Like, it's like you cropped it wrong at the Walgreens when you were printing it out. Like, that was just a very large photo of her face. And so then he calls her and he lies to Mary Margaret and says that he told Catherine the truth. um, Which he did not. Um, I like that he was just like, it was so bad. It was so bad. Not bad. You didn't get hit by anything. Nothing was flying around the house. Like, she didn't burn the bathroom down. Like, it could have been much worse. <laughs> um, but then somebody shows up. But before oh we're, uh, we're before we're going to get to this very pivotal scene, we have to build up to, to um, how we got there. And to do that, we've got to talk about the whole other C-plot in this story. 
with with Emma, August, Henry, Regina, all these people just doing things for about ten minutes of the plot, which are all necessary things, but it just it just felt like why is this in here? I don't want this in here. There's more important things going on. Yeah, right. Get back to you're sitting there with your popcorn. Get back to the drama. I don't care about their weird date at a wishing well. Well, uh, so Regina is at her office with Henry and she's giving him a gift. And like any normal child, he's presented with a gift. He has to know, he has to ask why, because like, what is the occasion? Because that's the thing a child asks when they're given a present is they need to ask what purpose it serves. They're not just going to immediately go present. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I definitely have a four-year-old and that's exactly what he does. He does, he hesitantly opens every single gift I give him. Why? Why? What is this for? It is not my birthday, nor it is Christmas. I will not open it. I do not trust you. He also doesn't think I'm the evil queen and he's also four. So I don't know, maybe my, my sample size is skewed. So, <laughs> Well, it turns out it is a very terrible looking portable video game oh, that God. has the best games on it. That Emma played when she was a child, so it's the best yeah. from 1992. Woo! <laughs> this reminded me of, like, when in, like, 1992, 1993, um, I really wanted, like, the cool thing was, like, a, a watch that had one game on it that was, like, a side-scroller. Uh-huh. I had the Aladdin one, and it was, like, for me, it was, like, this is the height of technology, Oh, I, I had the Merlin thing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, oh my God. I was like, this is the greatest thing that anyone's ever invented. Game Boy who never heard of her. Look at this. <laughs> uh, so um, they're looking over the game uh, and in pops Catherine uh, in, in, in a very uh, frazzled state. Uh, be, and so, like, this is this is the weird part of the weird thing. She she sends Henry home to go have dinner, and then we see Catherine in this coat and skirt and boots, and she looks fantastic. And then she immediately goes to the school in the same outfit. Now, unless she was in the outfit all night, why was Henry home and all the other children were at school? Oh, so many questions, so many questions. Yeah, well, because it was she sent him home not to have dinner. She sent him home. She's like. You go home, and then when I get home, I'll have dinner. We'll have dinner. So maybe he's just out of school for what I don't know. Shadow mom at work day, um, and also now he's going to be home by himself for five hours until dinner time. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine tells Regina that David is leaving her, and Regina, in just the dumb move, but you know, <laughs> swing but, and know, miss, swing and a huge miss. Just outs that it was Margaret, Mary Margaret, and they're having an affair. And I actually really liked this scene with Catherine. Regina was uh, she's she was a thing. She was she was doing a thing. I didn't care for her particularly, but I loved how Catherine reacted because not only she's so hurt, she's so confused. She's hurt. She's angry at David. She's angry at Mary Margaret. And she's also angry at Regina, rightfully so, because Regina had spy photos. Okay. So my favorite part about this is her excuse that there are spy photos of a school teacher and a secretary at the vet clinic having an affair. 
And they kept wanting to run this story. Could you imagine if any town did this? Like, it's a small <laughs> town, but damn. Like, could you imagine? My paper would have a whole section of it. Like, I'm not in a very small town, but I got to assume there's probably at least 12 affairs going on at any given point. So it'd just be like, affair exposed. This man kissing on a woman, not his wife. We don't know a lot of details, but here's 16 pictures. Uh, what newspaper is this? I mean, obviously a newspaper that runs terrible articles that are questionably more, uh, and ethically wrong, but still, it's just, we're running the little light. What are we going to run? Do the Mary Margaret's kind of a tramp story. Nah, not today. <laughs> I mean, that's not why she had the photos. That was a fun lie. But, and I Catherine know. was so distraught, she's not going to catch it. Um, anyway, so she ends up leaving in a huff and a puff, uh, before heading back to the school. Ooh, and schoolyard slap a bitch. This scene is one of the ones I remember the most from season one. Like whenever I think of season one and the the melodrama that it brings that is just so choice and so good, it is this scene because you've got Mary Margaret hanging up on David, smile on her face, everything's going her way, and and you've got Catherine riding down the hallway run like just basically um tackling frederick who's a gym teacher oh thank god i thought he was a student at first and i was like i'm so upset (laughs) no 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 No, he was a gym teacher okay thank god and and she goes into a market where he's like no no it's okay it's it's fine we told you the truth and she just smacks her in the face and I love Mary Margaret so much. It's fine. I understand that you're angry. Oh, I'd hit her too. I'd have hit her. It wouldn't even need to be me. I'd have shown up and be like, oh, I heard what you guys are talking about. Can I hit her too? What a terrible, super bitchy thing to say. I don't know if she realizes she's being super bitchy, but dude, like, no, you're under, I can understand that you're hurt, but you know what? We all got our truth out there and we're all just going to have to live with it. Sorry, not sorry. I guess none, no one got hurt. (laughs) What was the plan here? It's Mary Margaret is, is, is her, her, her conditioning on top of snow is so innocent. It cannot grasp what she's done. That's what I think is happening. Like snow can grasp what she's done because snow has done morally dubious things. Mary Margaret the programming, the conditioning that Regina put in her cannot grasp what she has done. And she's trying so hard to wrap her mind around it, which is why she's basically shell shocked at the consequences of her actions. Yeah. Yeah. Someone doesn't like me. Oh no. Like it destroys her. Yeah. And this whole scene is very fascinating. You have the parents and the students kind of looking over being like, Whoa, shit. Mary Margaret just got smacked in the face. Let's watch. Oh my god. That lady that makes the birdhouses just got smacked in the face. I'm here for it. What's happening? And Mary Margaret eventually learns that David did not tell the truth to Catherine. um, And the two of them share a wonderful bonding moment over the fact that David is a terrible liar. (sighs) Guys, listen. This this is going to be the last. You know what? I'm not going to say that it's going to be the last because I just keep getting re-mad about things like this. If the guy is cheating with you on somebody else, he's going to lie to you. Whether he cheats on you or not, I I can't say. 
But I can tell you that he does not have a problem with lying to somebody that he's got. It's going to happen. You can't do that. It's not going to happen because it's different with me. It's not different with you. It's just not. He's a piece of shit. Throw the whole man away. Throw the whole woman away. Everyone does it. Like, people who cheat, that's what, that's how it works. Can you get better? Yes. But it cannot be in the middle of overlapping relationships. So, uh, yeah, Snow just got hit in the face with the fact that, oh, he's a shithead to you. He's a shithead to me, too. Excellent. <laughs> Bye, and she just and takes off, and then you've got Mary Margaret walking down the street. She's got, she's getting the looks. The word has gotten around. Granny is disappointed in her, or should I say, ashamed of her? Ashamed, like, ashamed, and I'm like, oh god, not Granny. All, only Grant. If all everyone else was kind of like whatever, but Granny was the one that was mad at me, I'd, I'd be, I'd be upset. Be like the one woman in town with a crossbow is upset at me. I need to be ashamed of myself. But it just also reminded me, what show was that? I, I'm sorry. I know the exact title of the show. I don't remember what network it was on. But remember the show, The Slap? Yeah. That's a, this, this whole episode is just the slap heard around the world. It's just like we, Mary Margaret gets slapped. Everyone suddenly knows. Now we have to deal with the ripple effects. But um, again, what I was saying before, um, I understand Catherine's um, need to be mad at Snow or at Mary Margaret. It makes sense. But again, let's all focus our anger on David, the real root of this problem. <laughs> yeah, and that's the that's the problem I have with this episode because Mary Margaret is the one who is shunned. She is the one who is ostracized and um, you know, as uh, uh, the next episode is the one with like the Miner's Day candles, which I remember is like Mary Margaret trying to be the school teacher everyone loves, and everyone's like, "No, I hate you because you're a terrible person." Like she's facing the consequences. Nowhere in this episode do I see David facing the consequences. Catherine never even talks to him. The only one who gives him shit is Mary Margaret. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and, and the, the name was even invoked in this episode, but um, in a situation like this, uh, obviously when it's a, a man cheating and so there's uh, the man is cheating on his wife with another woman, uh, the other woman is always referred to as a homewrecker, um, mm -hmm. which I always disagreed with. I don't think she's the homewrecker. I think he's the homewrecker. That's just where I'm at on that. So he should have also had just like rotten lettuce being thrown at him constantly. Um, I'd shun that man. So yeah, no, he should have he should have had to deal with the brunt of that. But again, it's just like I don't know if everyone in Storybook was like, I don't know, he was in a coma for like thirty eight years. He don't know no better. She does though. She builds birdhouses. So yeah, so I I dislike this as we've we continue talking about. I mean, to the point where they someone spray painted Tramp on the side of a car. Not just Do anybody. It was well, Regina. Well, obviously, <laughs> but still. <laughs> Still, we see the paint. We know yeah. who it was. She acts so dastardly evil towards the end of this episode. Like, I was just like, you're burning the letter. Let's all just calm down for a second. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so Mary Margaret comes across David, who is not getting any looks from anybody. Uh, he is t uh, trying to wash the word tramp off of Mary Margaret's car. And the two of them have a very uh, emotional conversation where David, as usual, is uh, completely dumbfounded. <laughs> as Mary Margaret rightfully points out, uh, you're a big fat liar. Uh, you lied to Catherine. You lied to me. You're lying to everybody. Uh, this is, we had an agreement. <laughs> Mary Margaret put a bit in that. <laughs> but, but, but her anger is justified because he did lie. 
and he's continued to lie. And um, I feel like Mary Margaret is now finally coming to realize the whole problem with their relationship the whole time is that oh. this is all he's been doing. Oh, I figured it out the problem. Oh, Mary Margaret, you sweet summer child. Yeah. And so oh. she she breaks up with him and and leaves as David just has a tear down his face and just like stares off into space because he can't understand anything. I don't like I don't like it's what do you think is going on in David's brain? Cuz I cannot figure it out. Absolute crickets absolute crickets like i'm pretty sure whatever was coded like when you're talking about mary margaret's like innocence coding that's gone on top of her over her snow coding uh whatever happened to charming charming's was like slapdash to be just like he's just a guy that's like super passionate that's it he doesn't really have any rules because he doesn't care like he shows he's only upset when things don't go his way like and and I would say that this is just like this isn't bad not bad writing but this isn't like poor character development. This this guy exists. This woman exists. This person exists. Like where you're mm-hmm. just like I would just like to have my cake and eat it too. And then when it all blows up in your face, you're just like, why is the whole world against me? Because that's what he's so upset. You just up oh, cards were just not in my favor today. And it's just like oh my god, like you started this day cheating on your wife. You let you ended this with a with no wife and no girlfriend. I, ugh, it's just. <laughs> uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a little bit of a detour back to that weird side plot that I had started to, and then I veered back into the main plot because things are just kind of, uh, we got a motorcycle Boy, that's running through everybody. Hey, Beth, you're driving pretty erratically with the plot. What are you trying to leave, Storybrooke? Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> well, August shows up because it's now time for that date well except well he's not august yet because emma's like i'm not going on a date with you unless i know your name and he's like it's to be fair it's that's it's a good pretentious rule. august pretentious booth <laughs> to be fair no i don't want to go on a, yeah <laughs> yeah i don't want to go on a date with a guy who doesn't tell me his name like, like you just, that's just like that's just weird that you won't tell me your name but then she she makes like a joke about keeping bodies body parts in a freezer but it was still just like if you're not gonna tell me your name you don't get a date the lowest bar possible literally the lowest bar and it's yeah august w booth wayne wayne august wayne booth you'll read about my chronicles later it's my wishing well i stick by and type on my typewriter this is such a made-up name it's ridiculous oh yeah this this guy's real name is like joe smith because he's just like no no no. i need a much cooler name i know what month is it august who's the best superhero batman so we're gonna go with wayne and I don't know how to make Booth sound like a good plan unless you're just like, you know what's really cool? Not having a blanket alive. Yes. Yes. Booth. <laughs> oh, God. That's terrible. It's the only Booth I can you, like, of- go with, like, a, a, a space you hang out in, like, in a Comic Con. Beth, I'm talking to you, which immediately routes my mouth my brain to your husband so i apologize i just immediately go to presidential assassinations and the the fascinating history so apologies that's that's my husband all right that's who i married yeah (laughs) anyway so august uh pulls up to granny's diner later on to uh check in with emma because he wants that date and he wants it now and granny's like you better go or i'm gonna get on that bike and i was like i want to see that happen let's do that instead granny on the bike 
first of all, I think Granny would look better on the back of that bike. Emma looked like she'd never seen or ridden on a motorcycle in her entire life. When she got on the back of that, she looked like she thought it was going to explode. Yeah, she was she terrified. She did not look cool. Yeah, she was like, no. uh, I guess I'm on it. I'm going to, like, sit way back. Way back. <laughs> well, she also wants to leave room for Jesus. Well, that's true. Good for you, Emma. Yeah. Good for you. Well, they head to a watering hole that uh, August knows about, which it turns out is actually a wishing well outside of town. And he's got a couple little tin cups and he's going to poison Emma. Yeah, we're going to definitely drink out of this whatever. And he tells her about uh, how the water has an underground lake and it's fed by magical properties. And he knows this because he read the placard. And also we're watching a B plot where there is a lake with magical properties. So it's all connected. And he's like, if you drink this water, something lost will be uh, returned to you. And it's going to be total magic. It's going to make you believe in everything again. Which this whole thing was so funny to me because August is just like, he he is lining up all the crumbs. So Emma just follows them blindly. Uh, because as he's doing this, he's at the house with the book he stole. Uh, ble- bleaching out paper to add new stories into the book. So yep. he's like, he's like laying the seeds. So Emma will follow. Ooh, she being played. She been being played from the beginning. I do like that about Emma where it's just like, you can't pull the wool over my eyes. Meanwhile, seven people are quietly pulling the wool over her eyes. <laughs> yeah, her, her superpower um, doesn't work super great. Well, next day, uh, Emma is uh, scraping leaves off of her car. There aren't a lot. It's she fall. could easily... She could just drive and they would fall off. It's like fall. That's all this was for was don't worry, guys. It's fall now. I want it to be fall so bad. I'm so sick of summer. It's getting so close. It was nice and cool today. Like we're getting, we're, we're heading straight into September. We're doing it. On our way. And then she spots a familiar uh, suitcase type thing that's floating in the water. Turns out it's the book. What? Uh, oh, Something yeah. lost got returned to her and it totally wasn't August. She's hiding across the street. Yeah, it's definitely a, a waterproof lockbox with a giant book in it that apparently was just floating down the river and got lodged into your car that no one else saw. Yeah, Emma, this all makes perfect sense. But she doesn't even care. She's like, oh, cool. It's the book. I'm going to go take it to Henry now. And like, I like August behind the corner like, yes, yes, this is all going to plan. Like. She takes it over to Henry, uh, and they can only spare a few minutes together because Regina's on her way, and they still are not allowed to really see each other. And he was playing his video game, and Emma's like, "Wow, this game is great!" And I look at the uh, at the game; it is not great. No, she's not, like, "It's it, all in the wrist." No, it's not. It's like, what it's is this? Not. It's really not because you're supposed to hold it like this. How do you use your wrists? I, I should have looked it up beforehand. I want to know if this is a real game because what it honestly looks like is a modded old PS2 controller and they were just like, pretend it's a different game. Uh, I think it's supposed to be like a fake version of like Space Invaders or something. I guess. Yeah, or I asteroids. Just, I, I just, I love the, yeah, this is the hip new cool because this is, this is a big mom like slasher grandma thing. Oh, look, this is what all the kids are playing. Um, hmm. Mm. This is, this is what they were all playing 25 years ago. Thank you so much. I love it. Oh my God. I can't use this. They don't even make batteries for this anymore. (laughs) My friends can't see me with this. Exactly. Oh my God. This thing is actually really bad for the environment. It's single-handedly causing the ozone layer to explode. 
Well, I mean, but he's not even going to bother with the stupid game anymore because he's got the book back. Uh, he doesn't. He opens it back up on the story of uh, Charming racing to find his love. But we don't know if there's the, what new stories are. So it's a mystery. Who knows? Anything could happen. And we close out on Catherine going to see Regina one last time. Uh, she's had a, t- a little bit of time to, to to have a breath. Probably, you know, have a glass of wine. Good for her. Have that moment of clarity. This is the princess that we came to understand and get to know in this latest episode. This is the cool, calm, and collected woman who knows what she wants. Parts of the scene were a a little bit too convenient for me, and I'll get into that. But overall, I got it. She's basically telling Regina, look, I've been fighting for this marriage. I'm not, I've never bothered to ask myself why. Why do I care? What, and, and Regina, of course, is giving her the platitudes. You're married. You've always loved each other. You love each other. Marriages take work. And she's like, and I'm just kind of done. Just like, bye. First of all, Regina, terrible friend. Off friend. <laughs> Don't do this. Don't ever do this. Obviously, she's evil queen. Um, I like that you're talking about this as clarity. Um, like clarity is like she's she's the the princess abigail that we all knew uh because to me this was that kind of um um i don't know how to explain it like it's it's a version of like happy mania where you're just like mm-hmm. you come out of it and you're just like you know what i'm gonna take everything i own i'm gonna put it in the back of my car i'm gonna move to boston and i'm gonna go to law school i don't need anybody i'm gonna leave everything behind me and you have just enough energy and just enough to keep yourself in that mood until you get to boston and unload unload your apartment and then you just sob uncontrollably for a week like it's just this like weird break in your emotions where you just get creepy calm and you've decided to you know get an undercut turn your hair pink and then like move cities um all fine choices, but when you make them in rapid fire decisions, sometimes it gets you in some some muddy water. So it's just one of those. That's what I saw it as. I just saw it as that point of 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 her grieving process. And I can I can totally see that. I don't. I personally don't feel it applies in this case. The main reason being that she comes to that realization that everybody is slowly starting to come to where it's like, I've had this script in my mind for so long. Now I'm finally stepped back and, and, and asked myself, why am I following it? And she's just kind of done. Like and that script is the curse. And she's, that's why I call it a moment of clarity because she is waking up from the fog, the literal fog that has been this curse identity that she's had for so long. But I feel like the thing that was too convenient about it was her holding up a picture of Mary Margaret and David and being like, these two love each other so much, I left him a letter saying they should be together. I don't care if, like, I I can understand if she looks at a picture and goes, he doesn't look at me that way. I do not agree at any point. That that would turn into, in the same moment, oh, I think they should be together. No. Because, no. Like, she's still hurt. Even if she's letting go, she's still hurt by the betrayal. That's not going to change. Yeah. 
No, whether you whether she like truly love loved him or not, obviously she didn't because it was just a convenient marriage of the curse. Um, but when you're grieving and you're just like looking at a picture and being like, oh, this is my husband with the woman he's leaving me for, and look how in love they are. There's no moment of you that immediately in that moment just goes, huh? Well, guess I'm done, and you leave. If anyone does that. You need to start seeing Hopper six times a week. Um, (laughs) It is, you are, you are compartmentalizing and you're doing something we here in Ohio do really well. We just push all of our emotions down until we die at a very early age. Like, just, ah. It also, to me, feels feels a little bit makes it easy. It's a little bit too enabling. It's a little bit, like, excusing what David and Mary Margaret did and there's no excuse for it. I don't care mm-hmm. if she if she thinks they belong together. It still doesn't make it okay. No. I don't care how in love and destined you are together. You don't leave a trail of depressed people in your wake. Like, you no. can't take people down with you. Like, it's, it's irresponsible. It's not nice. And it's not the right thing to do. Marry Margaret. Um, but I also didn't... I also was really just, like, pissed off at Regina. But... And I know why she's doing it. Like, I understand that she's just trying to, like, push the curse back... Um, and, and get back into that cycle. But she's like, no, marriages take work. No, never be this friend. <laughs> At no. a certain point, you don't need to work on it anymore. Yes, we probably don't need to be getting divorced because he doesn't do the dishes. But at a certain point, you're allowed to walk away. You're allowed mm-hmm. to just grab your shit and leave. And anyone that's telling you, maybe you should work on it some more, does not need to be around you. Um, because it's just, it's weird. It's creepy. Oop. Yep. Uh, so, um, Catherine gets ready to leave to head to Boston and Regina has her own agenda. She has her, uh, thing of skeleton keys, uh, which only has about 20 keys on it. So like, that's not everybody in the town. So does she just have skeleton keys for the main characters or does she have like backup keys for everybody else? Mm, um alphabetically wise like a through c all have the same locks uh Mm. d through g all have the same locks so it's just more convenient that way it's a a small town they all trust each other the locksmith Uh, has like four keys which street are you on here you are like she opens the door to david and Catherine's house and she takes that letter and she uh, takes that money and watches it burn. She lights it on fire and is hiding any evidence that Catherine has given her blessing to David and Mary Margaret. Yeah. And you know, while while it's shitty and Regina is doing it because she's the evil queen, at the same time, I'm like, that's a true friend because <laughs> Catherine's right. not thinking clearly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, honey, no, I would have loved that more. Just be like, you don't know what you're saying. Just yeah, like, yeah, no, no. But, <laughs> but at this at the same time, they spent way too long on this, like. Oh yeah, and you're just like, stop. We got stop it. With the, music. the letter is the letter is burned. Are you gonna also burn down the house? What's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, it was just very just like, okay, let's calm down and let's cut to um. Well, Catherine made it, made it out of town and obviously all the way to Boston. The end, right? Uh, nope, no. Nope. Uh, we actually see the Frederick gym teacher who is driving toward the border for God knows what reason. Does he live out there? Why is he driving out that way? He just seemed like he was on a road trip. I don't understand. Is he getting ready to leave town? I don't know why he was doing there. 
Uh, he finds... He lives Cap- in a gazebo in the woods. He just finds it comforting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he comes across Catherine's car, and it has been in an accident right at the Storybrooke thing. And oh, shit. Cliffhanger. But one scene I do want to close on, which was the one that really touched me the most, was the one with Mary Margaret and um, and uh, Emma. Oh, I love this. Yeah. Because earlier in the episode... Uh, Mary Margaret asked to see Emma at Granny's, as you do, and confessed that uh, she was still seeing David. And, of course, Emma already knew because Mary Margaret's not discreet and Emma's a smart cookie. Uh, and then, you know, but says like she's not here to judge because she's not her mom and she can live her life. And Emma said, you know, I figured you'd come talk to me when you needed to. And... They needed to talk, and then things went bad. And so the final scene between the two of them is Mary Margaret crying on a bed in a fetal position. Extremely sad. We have all been there. Been we have there. all been in this tear, this teary position on a, on a bed. And Emma comes in and says, do you want to talk about it? And she says, no. And then Emma asks, do you want to be alone? And then she pauses and she says, no. And so then Emma, without a word, just lies down on the bed, doesn't doesn't hold her hand, doesn't make any physical contact, doesn't do anything. She's just there to be a comforting presence. And that was like that got me. That got me a lot. That's that in all of the don't be this friend, be this friend. Yes, just this was the, a good friend. Yeah, just the, and you know what? You can even do it on the social distancing well. It's just like, I will be on the line. You can put the phone down if you want to. If you just pick it up, I'm here. Um, this, I I have this, I have a couple of friends who are like this in, in different capacities. And it is always very welcome. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I've also had the friends who are like, you know, I've, in the past who have been too pushy. Been like, no, let's do this. Let's do this. And you're just like, you know what? Sometimes you don't need that. Sometimes you just need to know that if you decide you want to talk about it or you just want to like roll over and like yell at somebody and just be like, can you believe he did this? And then roll back over and not talk about it. (laughs) You need that friend. Yes. So this was, this was a wonderful moment. I I really appreciated it. So yes, this is a good close out. A smile moment. A kind of smile smile moment moment. in a very, in a very sad episode. This was a bummer, guys. Yeah. (laughs) It was uh, season one, episode 13. What happened to Frederick? And um, I mean, this was a weird title for the episode because the answer is kind of who cares? What happened to Frederick? He turned into a gym teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Frederick. Poor Frederick. He can't win. Uh, so we want to thank you guys for, for joining us. A special thank you to our patrons, especially our snow queens. We've got Jacob Fulcott, Paul, Brian Sanina, Blake Brinkley, and Zach Chobanoff. We do have that Avatar um, bonus episode. I apologize. I was supposed to upload it over the weekend, and I wasn't feeling very good. So it will go up this week. I promise, promise, promise. It was a very good conversation. Um, you can, of course, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can support us on Patreon. 
That is patreon.com slash OUA timing. You can join our Facebook group. That is facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can follow us on Twitter at OUA timing. They're all the same, guys, <laughs> just on different platforms. I know I say them over and over again, and I'm like, why don't I just say it once and then just say all the platforms? But I'm, I'm committed now. I am personally at Beth Alderkin. I'm just underscore Abby. <laughs> and we will be back next week with season one, episode 14 dreamy oh no uh, we're gonna dig 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 oh. we're gonna dig into our feelings all right everyone get a box of tissues and some chocolate it's gonna be worse maybe oh. we'll actually find out what all the dwarves do in modern day because we've been speculating for weeks <laughs> they do everything they run the town they've uh, got well, they- several jobs <laughs> well thank you everyone for joining us and abby we will see you next week See you next week, Beth. Thank you.